0: Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Sully Baseball Daily, the podcast we talk about baseball 365 days a year, unless it's a leap year, and then we're going to do another one. I've been doing this every single day since October 24th, 2012, and I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this from the Jackie Robinson Rotunda inside City Field in Flushing, Queens, the home of the New York Mets. This is a, uh, I'm still here at City Field and they have this I've never been to a game here so this is the first time I'm here and they have this beautiful rotunda and they have pictures of Jackie Robinson from his UCLA days, his signing with Branch Rickey, a picture of him walking outside of Ebbets Field which this looks like it's a replica of that and of course the great quote from Jackie Robinson when you walk up here you see the quote a life is not important Except in the impact it has on other lives, Jackie Robinson, and man, oh man, as someone who has a strong sense of admiration for Jackie, and has, and loves his story, and thinks his story is actually um, much more compelling than the just the story of his first year. I think the, his years that he spent uh, as a fighter of for civil rights and for a fighter of many different causes and many different political causes and the advancement of all people uh, is is more compelling than just the story of his first year in baseball where he turned the other cheek. He's a person we should be celebrating. Absolutely. It is strange that he is being celebrated in the stadium of the Mets, which is a team he never played for. Uh, And in fact, by the time He retired from baseball after the 1956 season. Uh, The Mets didn't even exist. There was no, there were no Mets. Now, I understand that the Mets are at least psychologically and emotionally the cousins of the Brooklyn Dodgers. That the Mets were formed in the vacuum that was felt with the loss of the Dodgers and the Giants to California. And that the fans who were giant fans and who were Dodger fans and would not embrace the uh, Yankees because they had just years of being National League fans, years of hating the Yankees. Why would they suddenly become a Yankee fan? And, of course, the threat of the Continental League, which was going to be formed by Branch Rickey, was going to be a third major league to, to go into many territories that baseball was not expanding into and take on the major leagues, including with a new team in New York to usurp the Dodger and Giant fans, um, they they combated that by expanding the American League and the National League and forming the Mets. So there was a response. It became the place for Giant fans and for Dodger fans to have their own new team. And so I, I do understand there is a sort of a psychological... Um, connection and in some ways it's kind of like when you, this is going to be a weird analogy, but when you had people leave their homelands to go to America and start a new life and blah, 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 blah. Um, You saw people from different regions of certain countries joining together to find a new community. Well, in a way, that was they had to abandon baseball fans having to abandon their identity of the Giant fan, their identity of a Dodger fan, but joining together and creating a new identity uh, as a Met fan and even the very the colors of the Dodgers and the NY of the Giants. It was kind of a hybrid franchise to lure them both. So I understand, to a degree, why you would have... Obviously, I've made many points at the stadium looking like Ebbets Field and honoring Jackie Robinson. There were a tremendous amount of complaints from Mets fans that there was, a, there was way too much Dodger reference and not enough Met reference in a stadium for the, the, the damn Mets. And I do understand that. Um, but I am going to say, if you're going to have this honoring of one of the great legends in the history of the Brooklyn Dodgers, then there should be an honoring of the, one of the great figures of New York baseball history. Now, I've made this point before. If I'm repeating myself, please forgive me. But there is enough room here. By the big apple they have here, by the home run. There's enough room here to put statues for two figures. Two. I'm not asking for a, a, a sea of, you know... statues and having it look like some bathhouse that a Greek or Roman emperor would have. But no, just enough to acknowledge, if we're going to acknowledge Brooklyn's and the Dodgers' uh, uh, connection with the Mets, then we have to acknowledge the Giants. We have to, and beyond Willie Mays, there was a period of time When the team in New York, baseball-wise, were the Giants, that they won pennant after pennant, they won many, many World Series, They they had the superstars, they had the legends, they were the marquee franchise of New York City. And with that in mind, they had one of the colossal figures in the history of baseball, certainly at the turn of the century. A transformative figure in John McGraw. John McGraw was a manager. Ten pennants did he win? How many pennants? I kind of lost track. Made the Giants the gold standard of baseball franchises. Made the Giants the team of the city. Made the Giants the team that the other teams in the National League were compared to. And quite frankly, the Dodgers and whatever the American League team was named, whether it was the Highlanders or the Yankees, were like the poor cousins. They were aptly named the Giants because they were such a gigantic presence in the history and the fabric of New York baseball. And if we're going to celebrate the Brooklyn Dodgers here, and again, I've come to grow and say, okay, if you're going to do that, you know, then let's... Honor John McGraw. John McGraw, who, by the way, also was someone who was ahead of the curve in terms of wanting integration in baseball. He was ahead of the curve in terms of how to put together a team and how to use players like in bullpen roles, in platooning roles. He was also, I mean, he was a mean SOB from Baltimore, but he was a brilliant baseball mind and helped found helped create the Giants, and turn them into a powerhouse. And created the competition that forced a team like the Yankees to try to keep up. And I did a whole podcast on the idea that John McGraw was from Baltimore, and he really wanted a kid from Baltimore named Babe Ruth on his team, and he almost damn got it. The history of baseball could have been with Babe Ruth, as a giant, and then you know, help the Yankees ever getting a foothold. Then, but there should be. As I'm standing right near the Jackie Robinson Rotunda, they have the VIP entrance here for Gil Hodges. Now, of course, Gil Hodges was the manager of the Mets when they won the World Series in uh, 1969, and he became beloved in New York because he was a member of that great Brooklyn Dodger team. If we're gonna honor your ancestry, you're gonna honor your past, this is kind of like honoring only one side of the family. There are two sides of the family that created this. There are two houses of sports fandom that created Mets fandom. And if baseball is a game that exists in the past, present, and the future simultaneously, then we have to acknowledge that the Giants and their rich history which is all but forgotten because of their moving to San Francisco and because the Giants no longer had the romance of Brooklyn that there has to be some acknowledgement for this great figure in the history of New York sports here at this place. The reason why I think the romance is towards Brooklyn and not to the New York Giants is because Brooklyn's identity was with the team. The Brooklyn Dodgers, what it meant to them. They're rabid Giant fans, I know. My father is one of them, when they were the New York Giants. And that they rooted for Willie Mays and Monte Irvin and all of them. And of course there was a fierce rivalry between the Giants and the Dodgers and everything. But the connection of New York and the Giants the paradigm of power shifted with Babe Ruth. All the John McGraw pennants continued until the mid-20s when Babe Ruth was on the rise. But they faded out. McGraw's time ended at the uh at the end of the 1920s. The Giants went on, they won another, they won a couple more World Series, they won a couple more pennants, but they were no longer the juggernaut. And the Yankees became the default team. Of New York it was the era of John McGraw that made the Giants the biggest team and the sense of nostalgia that a team was taken from Brooklyn a team was taken away from the fans of Brooklyn seemed a lot more of an underdog having something beloved taken from them as opposed to New York losing a team well, oh, they still have the Yankees. There's not that same connection of New York to the Giants as Brooklyn to the Dodgers. So perhaps that's why Brooklyn and the draw of wanting to have that nostalgia is still so strong. But like when, you marry, when people marry into a family, sometimes, not in the case of my family, but the, the wife changes their name and the, it sort of becomes more obscure, the surname that doesn't move on. The Giants are the surname of the family that married into this family whose name doesn't continue on for another generation, and I believe that's unfair. I believe the rich history of New York baseball should include John McGraw and should include Christy Mathewson, who was one of the great stars in the history of baseball, whose life and career was cut short by what happened with him when he served in, in Europe at the end of the First World War. He was the great draw, the great superstar of New York baseball before Babe Ruth. Every single name of the biggest draw of New York baseball after Christy Mathewson is a name we all know. Not just you and me, big baseball fans. I'm talking casual baseball fans. Hell, I'll even say people who aren't baseball fans have heard of Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, Joe DiMaggio, Willie Mays, Mickey Mantle, Yogi Berra, Jackie Robinson, Tom Seaver, Reggie Jackson, You know, and controversial because they didn't have the Hall of Fame careers, but they were names everyone recognized, like Dwight Gooden, like Don Mattingly. Eventually, Mike Piazza, Derek Jeter, Mariano Rivera. These are the names which, if you aren't even a baseball fan, you've heard of those names. And yes, Gooden, Strawberry, and... And Don Mattingly, were that big in their heyday. They may not have been Hall of Famers like everyone else, I just blurted out, but in their heyday in the 1980s, they were as big. And they were hugely famous and hugely popular. To the point where people knew who they were. And Christy Mathewson was at that level. Notice I'm not saying Bill Terry. Notice I'm not saying Ross Youngs. I'm not saying... Lefty Gomez. I'm not digging deep. I'm saying the people who are at the t- absolute pinnacle of fame in New York to the point where everyone who was a baseball fan and people who weren't knew the name of Christy Mathewson. That's the level that he was at. And yet he isn't honored here. He has a little. N.Y. Matthewson hanging on the wall at AT&T Park, but he never played in San Francisco. That's part of the problem of bringing the, the glory of the Giants to San Francisco. They have enough glory in San Francisco. Between Mays, who was brought over from New York, but McCovey, Marichal, Orlando Cepeda, Gaylord Perry, and the new batch who's going to have their statues all over the place too. And oh yeah, they had a player named Bonds. He and his dad both played there. They were okay. There's enough in San Francisco that you can't put a statue of John McGraw and Christy Mathewson there. They never played there. They weren't people of San Francisco. Hell, Joe DiMaggio is a bigger thumbprint on San Francisco than those guys. So my point is this. If... The decision is made, and the decision clearly has been made, that City Field is here to honor the house of Brooklyn and the house of Coogan's Bluff. In other words, the Brooklyn Dodger fans and the New York Giant fans merged together and created a fandom that is now the New York Met fans, and a fandom which is now several generations deep. There are people who only know Met fans. Like, Hell, I mean, I'm in my 40s, and I'm was born, what twenty five years after the Dodgers and the and the Giants left, or however long it was? I, this, it's not even something that was part of my radar upbringing. There is as I'm standing here, I saw a bunch of kids running by with the Mets hats on and the Mets sweatshirts on. They're not Giant fans. They're not Brooklyn Dodger fans. They are the offspring. This is several generations deep. But you see families do things and create rituals to honor their past and to honor their ancestry. This whole stadium has been built to honor the Brooklyn Dodgers ancestry of this franchise. And my podcast, my whole podcast yesterday was about, and you know, I visited Ebbets Field. Tomorrow's podcast is going to be from the polo grounds. Just a little preview there. And my point being is that if they have made the decision to create this space to honor its origins, honor the origins of the Mets with the Brooklyn Dodgers, I know there's some elements of design has been borrowed from the polo grounds inside this stadium, but it is subtle as opposed to the ostentatiousness of having a stadium that's shaped like Ebbets Field and you walk in and there's a tribute to Jackie Robinson. That ain't subtle. I don't say ain't that often, but I just did then at least have us walk past McGraw and Mathewson. When you come down, you come here by the seven train. I'm looking at the seven train platform. You walk down the stairs, you walk past John McGraw, you walk past Christy Mathewson, and into the Jackie Robinson Rotunda. If anything else, that is a way to at least symbolically travel through time and say what you're about to experience is a stadium and a fan base and a franchise whose roots are twisted in these two former rivals. Two fan bases that formerly were rivals of each other who realized they needed baseball more than they needed the hatred of each other. And with that, we create the Mets. That's what you do. Acknowledge it. Acknowledge that it's real and realize that there are the in-laws whose names are not on the stationery, who's part of the ancestry as well and deserve to be honored. I'm not saying a gigantic statue, but something. And if nothing else, it creates a new meeting place. I'm gonna meet you at the McGraw statue. I'm gonna meet you at the Matthewson statue. Then we'll walk past that weird apple coming out of the hat and through the Jackie Rotunda where we're all Mets fans. Or we're like your pal Sully who just likes baseball and the history of the game. Not asking much and I think it adds to the richness of being a Mets fan. It's a special thing being a Mets fan. You're not rooting for the default team. You're not rooting for the team with a sexier history. But it has a deep history. And if you're going to try to acknowledge it acknowledge all of it so go to sullybaseball.com like me on facebook subscribe on itunes soundcloud youtube twitter stitcher instagram i'm everywhere the music is by ted thacker and patrick Kalisky from flushing meadows in queens new york and being here at the home of the new york mets this has been the sully baseball daily podcast looking at history respect in the past And, God, I should put on my gloves and avoid these planes. Hey, stop flying the planes while I'm doing a podcast. They're so disrespectful. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.